1: You're a true
0: player. You look for every advantage you can get. Congratulations! You just found it. The winning edge. Sports gaming strategies and information you won't find anywhere else. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.
3: Welcome into the early line, live right here on Sports Grid. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wright side with you, going over Week Seven. In the NFL, we started off here with the game of the week the Titans and the Chiefs. Oh, this is a good one. KC, a four and a half point road favorite to total 57 and a half. The Titans off of Monday Night Football, where they upset the Buffalo Bills as near touchdown dogs line works back here a little bit. KC, Donnie off of their rare cover, beating up on the Washington football team here. What do you make of the Chiefs right now as four-and-a-half-point favorites in Tennessee?
4: it was actually as high as five and a half here at the FanDuel sportsbook earlier in the week but an unbelievable over under number at 57 and a half are we expecting points yeah we are two really good offenses going up against each other two questionable defenses we'll see if the weather holds up we're not expecting too bad of a weather forecast here kevin because we're going to be in the low 70s but maybe winds above 10 miles an hour shouldn't happen you got two quarterbacks with really good arms two running games one obviously we know derrick henry going to be able to approach his 125 uh, player prop here for rushing yards. He'll probably get that. But also take a look at Darrell Williams, who I think has a decent look in this game also. But if I'm looking just from a perspective here, is we're getting into that psychology again. Do you want to bet against Kansas City or do you want to, you know, ride with Kansas City? They didn't play well last week, got the win and the cover, still got the 30 points. They'll be in the 30s in this game probably. You just hope that Tennessee – can sort of put forth the same effort that we saw against the Buffalo Bills. They were great on Monday night. They were down. They came back. They won at home. And, oh, yeah, they're going to have to play well again, and they are at home in Nashville again this weekend. This is another spot where you just say, you know what? I'm going to ride the dog in this one because I just don't trust Kansas City or Kansas City shows up in this one. Keep in mind also, Kansas City showing up a little bit banged up. Tyreek Hill hasn't practiced yet this week, and that could be
1: huge.
3: It's certainly the, the injury reports always matter and I'm not sure anything is going to stop either of these two teams out here on the field. They're 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 perfect for one another. Or maybe they're perfect for me. Both defenses you want to pick on, both offenses you want to back. It's tremendous. Like the number was 56 and a half earlier in the week. It's 57 and a half. You could put it at 60 and a half. It's an all total that I think you could very well take a look at here and still get after. I I look at the Chiefs team this year. Last week, a true under against Washington, but they still scored 31. The other under on their season was because of a missed extra point in the Chargers game. The Titans have now started to play a bunch of overs again, getting back to their usual form, four of their last five, getting over the number. So this is a spot now where, to me, I expect a lot of points, but I think this is a game from a side, Donnie, where I'm sure a lot of people have the titans as row or home dogs last week win outright against buffalo people think buffalo is better than kc people probably want to line up on the titans this to me is a game that the chiefs have to have as we've talked about as this team ranks against the upper echelon of this conference they beat the browns week one although it was a sloppy performance lose to baltimore lose to the Chargers cracked by Buffalo the Titans probably round out the top six in the AFC and it's incredible that the Chiefs are going to play all of the five teams along with themselves that make up the top six but I think KC in a way needs this one here it's almost a Staten win right listen we get it Buffalo beat us but this team just beat the Bills we walked into the same stadium we got the result that they weren't able to get here I think this is one of the games where you have to get that focused dominance in version of Kansas City, we bring the radio audience into the fold. We appreciate all those listening to the early line on Sports Grid Radio. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside with you here, breaking down Titans Chiefs. Talk to me, Donnie, on some key player props. You mentioned, I mean, Derrick Henry, it's the stuff of legend 125 and a half for a rushing yards Ooh, prop man. and a minus. 280 anytime <laughs> touchdown scorer price and it's now up to minus 340 oh my god what in the world is any of this here on Derrick Henry
4: And that's what happens when you score basically three rushing touchdowns a week, it seems like, for Derrick Henry. But getting back to your point quickly here on Kansas City, we're waiting for the real Kansas City Chiefs to step up here. But it's also getting later in the season. You know, ah, it's week two, week three, they'll get it together. Now you're heading into week seven, week eight, week nine. And also, if you take a loss here, Kevin, to the Tennessee Titans, that is another AFC loss under your belt with teams that you're going to be vying for Playoff positioning down the stretch. But let's take a look at some player props that I like on the board today. We'll go from each side of the equation. If we think we're going to be points, obviously going to load up on guys to score touchdowns. No Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think Daryl Williams, anytime touchdown price is good at minus 125. It's not a minus 300 like Derrick Henry, who we do know will get the football on the goal line probably will score against this poorest Kansas City defense. But I do think that's a nice look. You're going against a Tennessee defense that isn't great. A running back probably will score on Kansas City. I think it's going to be him. And also, keep in mind, from the quarterback side, it's always going to be on Patrick Mahomes. He's turning the football over at a crazy rate compared to what we're usually used to, Kevin. But I do think he can pass for a lot of yards in this game. I'm going to take that prop 323.5 over. I think we get points, and I think we see points on both sides here, particularly through the air as well. Absolutely,
3: and I really like the Patrick Mahomes rushing prop. This was one of our target player props earlier in the week. The number right now is 19.5, four straight cashes. To the over for Patrick Mahomes. This is a big game, which usually leads to more attempts from Mahomes on the ground. Met this team in a postseason AFC title game a couple of years back, well over this number. This is the spot to me where you see Mahomes start to get loose. Also, really interested to see what some of these Tannehill touchdown props check in at. Even the 250 and a half passing could make some sense here if they have to keep pace We keep things moving here on the early line going through the weekend slate here in the NFL Week 7 action. We stick with an AFC West team in the Vegas Raiders. They host the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are three-point road dogs. The total here is 48-and-a-half. Really interesting spot where you've got the birds off a little bit of an extended rest. Last game, Thursday night football against the Bucs. An interesting route to finding a cover, losing that game by six, getting six and a half at home. Vegas, really, really interesting last two weeks for that team. A nightmare performance against the Bears at home. John Gruden fired. Game one without Gruden, a massive success. They scored 34 in Denver and moved to 4-2 and two on the year. You look at this spot here, Donnie. For the Birds, going to Sin City, what do you make of the game?
4: It's an interesting one here from an Eagles perspective because the Eagles have played a ridiculously hard schedule. You you can't convince me here that this was a last-place schedule, but it does ease up a little bit over the back half. And you thought maybe before the season, Kevin, this is one of those spots where it would start to ease up because you didn't know what you are getting out of the Raiders. Maybe you're getting a decent Raiders football team here without John Gruden as head coach. We thought they might have fallen apart last week heading to Denver. But then all of a sudden you say, okay, they went to Denver. That's a really nice win. Well, who the heck is Denver? Did you see Denver play last night? Maybe they're nothing to really you know, sniff at at this point either. But when you take a look from the Eagles' perspective, you do have the extra time coming off, Kevin, as you said, versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You also look like you might get Lane Johnson back here, who's back practicing. He's listed Mm -hmm. as probable. Don't know if he's going to start, but probably activated on game day. Also keep in mind, Dallas Goddard, your tight end coming back into the fall this week after being on the COVID list. And that's key because why you traded Zach Ertz over to the Arizona Cardinals. But when you're looking for the Oakland Raiders, they got a pretty good defense here, Kevin. They got a very good pass rush. Take a look at the Philadelphia Eagles going up against Tampa Bay last week. You say, okay, just look at the final score. 28-22. They cover the number. Hey, why can't they go on the road and just cover the number or play competitive football against the Raiders? Look at the offense last week. 100 yards, Kevin, on the ground. 113 in the air. I say, oh, that's an anomaly. I've seen games where they put up a lot of statistics. Did you watch the Kansas City game? Yeah, I get it. But how about the previous week before that at Carolina? 91 yards on the ground, 182 in the air. If you're going to beat the Raiders, you have to engage. You have to play really good offense. Jalen Hurts struggling mm-hmm. the past couple of weeks here. How about firing up the running game here with uh, Miles? Miles Sanders? It hasn't happened just yet. It's hard to win football games on the road. The Raiders are t- more talented to me than the Philadelphia Eagles on offense and their defense is playing well. I would love to back the Eagles in this game, Kevin, but it's just too short of a price for me. I think
3: the interesting thing, though, about that short price, Donnie, is we've seen this with the Eagles in the market. They're often yeah. respected, it feels like, in their point spreads. You know, they host the, the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year and the Bucks and the Chiefs. And they hang around with the numbers, and they're only seven-point spreads or six-and-a-half-point spreads for a lot of the week, right? And, that you know, they go to Carolina, right? And they were only, you know, three to two-and-a-half-point dogs in that spot, and they win it out right there, right? We've seen the Eagles, since that Atlanta game, really very respected in the market. I think you see that again here against this Vegas Raiders team that has not really performed tremendous at home. Two times as a favorite in this building. They've not covered either one. They were able to beat Miami at least, but that's because Miami played for a tie disgracefully. They lost outright to the Bears. And that first game against the Baltimore, which they won in this building, was, let's be honest here, a game where the Ravens collapsed and had themselves a double-digit lead. And usually you don't see John Harborough teams collapse in that way. Vegas last week really answered the bell, Donnie. I think we saw that, no doubt about it. But I'm not sure how many times this team's just going to look so great without their usual head coach. We'll see. I think this is a big spot for the Eagles, and it's a big spot. You get Lane Johnson back as well. It's a 2-4 and football team, but they have played well on the road, Donnie. Both of their wins this season have come on the road. I think the Eagles are an enticing option, not just getting the field goal, but to legitimately have a shout pulling the upset here and and by the way i know i'm wearing the polo and people will probably take that with a grain of salt birds money lying dog against the panthers called that here on the show and it worked out it's about where the value is and i think it actually might be on philly in terms of the props donnie and look there's not a ton of them listed and i know it's almost become a bit of a running joke it's got to be the miles sanders week it has to Uh be it is, a, it is a vulnerable run defense. He's plus 130 to score. I think they force him into the end zone. I think yardage, I think attempts, I think the whole deal here.
4: I think you see Miles Sanders really get after it against Vegas. And he actually woke up in the second half of the last game versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you remember, we put together one of those same game parlays, which I actually hit one, and it was with Ronald Jones going over his rushing prop, which is ridiculous, and he got that by a half yard, but also Miles Sanders going over his. If he had one yard at the break, ah, he's going to finish with nine yards, Donnie, you idiot. Not so fast. Your addicts had a decent second (laughs) half. He's an explosive running back. If you put him, Kevin, on a team that was committed to running the football, he would be a thousand yard back. Not being used. Maybe this week he's being used. I don't know about Nick Sirianni's offensive game plan here, but it doesn't ever seem to include Miles Sanders, but it should.
3: It's Miles Sanders week, people. Get into it. It's going to happen here. Let's keep it in the NFC East. The worst defense in the entire sport goes to Lambeau Field. The Packers are laying 7.5 against the Washington football team. And by the way, that's not even hyperbole. Nobody gives up more points, and they give up the second most yards against the Washington football team. Tough scene there, folks. What are you going to say? Green Bay, 7.5-point favorite against the footballs. 48.5 is your over-under, Donnie. What do you make of
4: Aaron Rodgers against Taylor Heineke. Yep, the old word comes out here, the wordplay is, give me a running mate here. I think we can get points in this game, right? But it's going to be predicated Mm -hmm. if the Washington football team can move the football. Now, I'm still waiting. Sometimes you wait, Kevin, and you say, you know, in baseball season, you tried to wait for the Los Angeles Angels. Why? Because Trout and Rendon were going to come back. They never came back. So we waited for no reason to try to take team totals late in the season with them. But I'm waiting here because, Tyler, Heineke can move the football. He's athletic. He's got a big arm. He's willing to take risks, and he can run. I'm just waiting for Samuel on one side, McLaurin on the other, Gibson healthy in the backfield. Mm -hmm. This would have been the perfect week to do that, but now we're seeing again. McLaurin still banged up. Samuel probably not going to play. Stress fracture in his leg on Antonio Gibson, which leaves you with Heineke. Should we still get points in this game? Absolutely. But maybe Green Bay doesn't have to be pressed into scoring a lot. Didn't you watch last week versus the Bears? Once they got the lead, like, eh, this Bears offense isn't scoring any points here. 24 is fine. Let's just sit on this one and ride this out. I want to see a game where Green Bay has to be pushed, where Aaron Rodgers has to go nuclear like Steph, Steph Curry did last night and say, look, you are pushing me. I will throw this football and throw for 355 yards if I need to and four touchdowns and dominate. If we can get that out of Washington, let's see what the actual practice reports come out to be today. If you get good news on Washington, they should score along with Green Bay, maybe an over in this game.
3: Green Bay is the team you want to back, though, towards the over because the Washington football team has allowed – five straight opponent team totals over 29 from the giants 43 from buffalo 30 atlanta 33 the saints 31 kansas city not hyperbole they are the worst defense in the nfl if you can find a green bay packers alt team total of a 27 Uh, click freely and let me say this as well on the green bay packers they're quietly a really good against the spread team this season because I feel like it's a group that people want to fade week in and week out and I and I kind of get it but obviously the Saints debacle happened Donnie they're perfect against the number sense yeah. maybe you got to push in the Cincinnati game and not a and not a cover there um, because it kind of was fluctuating between the threes the two and a two and a half whatever it might be they continually cover Washington only has one cover and that's because the Falcons are a disgrace to football overall it's a 5-1 ATS team against a 1-5 ATS team
4: No, and sometimes that's what you got to break it down to because I think most people still say, ah, Green Bay stinks. Did you watch them opening day? Yeah, that was like two months ago. They're 5-1 now (laughs) and on their way to being 6-1 against the Washington football team. It's just what they do, right? They always end up 12, 13, 14 wins. They'll do it again this year.
3: Also, this line opened at a 10. Who's (laughs) out? Who are you out there betting the Washington football team? (laughs) What are you doing? You don't watch the early line. I mean, we're trying to, I mean, Uh, maybe look, suck. One of these big, big dogs is going to have to cover. We'll talk about some of those big dogs. The Bears, the Texans, and those sneaky Detroit Lions. We'll talk about it all next.
2: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: ba da
3: Double-digit favorites everywhere you look. Three of them on the board this week, Survivor Pool. You got quickly, Donnie, just on a Survivor. I don't know if you play Survivor, uh, but I'm sure a lot of the folks watching and listening do. You usually don't have what look to be three free squares in the Bucs over the Bears, the Cardinals over the Texans, and the Rams over the Lions. But when you have this many, I got to think, Donnie, there's a lot of people who are very unsettled expecting one of this big three to go down.
4: Yeah, and everybody's going to outsmart themselves. Like I'm staying away from all those three teams because one of those is going to lose, and I'm going to pick like you know some random. I'm going to pick Atlanta this weekend and absolutely lose on that one as well. Yeah, don't overthink this. These these three are pretty good here, Kevin. The
3: three-team moneyline parlay, minus three thirty-four. Shouldn't. Shouldn't let's go. Shouldn't be possible. Slap Green B uh, Green Bay in there. Get it to a minus. Yeah, one fifty eight. This is exactly what Sam's parlay would have been. Then we got the Ravens in there, and now it's plus one twenty three on a five team parlay. Let's start though with the Bucks, Donnie here against Chicago. Some weather expected, perhaps to get involved with this game. The Bucks are laying that hefty twelve and a half points, forty seven is the total here in Tampa Bay, Chicago.
4: Yeah, and it, the, as much fun as you have talking about the Washington football's defense over here, I have an equal amount of fun talking about Chicago's lack of offense. So let me get this straight to the NFL. We're headed, the Chicago Bears are 3-3. Three and three. They're going to play their seventh game. We could all have some bad games every once in a while, right? But sort of you come back to the median and where you're at in the NFL. They are throwing for 100 and 17 yards per game. I don't understand what's going on. This is something where the top-level ownership here in the NFL has to get together and convene like a Knights yeah. of the Roundtable and talk to Roger Goodell and say, we need offense in this league. And I don't understand what this football team is doing because even mm-hmm. when you go back like last week, hey, Justin Fields get together. Justin Fields looked sensational last week. Why? Because he threw for 137 yards because that was better than 109 and, oh, yeah, at Cleveland, one total yard in the air. So I don't know if we're just going out and rolling the football out on the field this weekend. There's no way, shape, or form. I don't care what the line is. If my football team throws for 100 yards per game, I don't care what the spread is. I am betting against you every single time. In, it, it, until you have Army and Navy out you weekly in college football, I can't back you as a professional team. I just can't do it
3: so i'm going through the numbers right donnie i'm going through and i'm looking at the props and up pops the justin fields passing prop at 216 and a half folks you have to understand how absolutely insane this is okay every single quarterback through the first five weeks of the season was thrown for 300 yards on this team now hurts checked in last week for a game that I will find a way to erase from the planet where he threw for a buck 15 against the worst passing defense in the NFL. They're still allowing 292 yards per game through the air. The number is 216 and a half. It would be Justin Fields career high if he hits that number. What is this? What is his team? I don't get like how I can't bet it. I can't. I want to. I'm desperate to bet this overpassing prop. I want to bet his overattempts. He threw for 174 last week in a loss. What? I don't understand, man. I don't... This isn't... What year is it in Chicago, Donnie? I... It's horrifying the numbers that they put forward here against Tampa Bay. When you factor in the weather, how are you not betting under in this game? The Bears' defense has least been respectable. It's got to be an underlook in Tampa Bay this week, no? Yeah, like,
4: what's your game plan for the Bears? Hey, let's go toe-to-toe with Brady and throw 50 times. No, it's not. It's hope your defense gets a couple turnovers and you can move the football on the ground. Like, like you played the Detroit Lions. And he's like, yeah, I had an awesome game. I threw for a buck eighty-five against the Detroit Lions. Most teams do that in the first quarter against the Detroit Lions. So I don't know where the heads are poking up with. And this isn't to say that Justin Fields will never be a good quarterback in the NFL. He has talent. He's just in the wrong situation at this time. But when we're looking at quarterbacks, going, man, if I get a buck fifty out of my quarterback in the air, we got a shot this weekend? Where are we?
3: <laughs> you played the Detroit Lions. I mean, and she's right. He's right. They've played Look, like, they've also played five straight unders, and the only over was week one against the Rams, and they backdoored the over, and they did it all by themselves. Here, I don't even know what we're talking about here. I have, I can't believe this isn't my under of the week. I completely outthought myself. It's such a good look. It's such a good look. It's the only bet on the board. Like, Tampa's gonna have to do it all themselves. This is not any special forty-five nothing. You take under forty-seven down in that exact fashion. Let's talk Rams-Lions. I love this game. One of my favorite games we'll probably have all season long. The double revenge spot here. Goff out for revenge against McFay and the Rams because they knew he stunk out loud. Stafford out for revenge against an organization that a lot of people believe wasted the prime of his career. The Rams are laying 16 and a half points. The total, Donnie, is 50 and a half.
4: Yeah, this is the consummate. Well, I think the Rams are going to blow them out, and then maybe will they be heading off to Malibu on the beach by halftime because they'll let like the special teamers just finish out the game because that's what you're getting out of Detroit. Now, also keep in mind, like we could keep on letting the shots go against the Chicago Bears. You take a look at the Detroit offense. That's like a Ferrari compared to the Chicago Bears offense as they threw for 192 yards last week, a buck eighty in the week before that. But when you look at this game coming in, I actually like what Campbell said last week, the head coach of the Detroit Lions. You know what he said? I need more out of Jared Goff, which is what we've been saying since he's been in the NFL. It's nice to see a coach actually call his quarterback and say, hey, kid, it's a forward-passing league. Throw the football downfield. We're down three touchdowns. You don't have to check it down every play and scramble for three yards outside of the pocket but it's not going to help them this week. You're going up against an elite secondary defense that's going to be able to put pressure in. Oh, yeah, an offense that might be able to hang 21 to 28 on you in the first half here. This game is going to get ugly and get ugly quickly. I think a 20-point victory here is entailing, or excuse me, exciting for the Rams.
3: can't better not be any more than 20, I'll tell you that. We'll talk our pick six in a little bit. Insanely, Donnie, though I... I don't know why. I say this with absolutely no confidence. I think the Lions are the team that I would back at the double-digit dogs against the number. And I don't... I, I, am I Am I just the biggest sucker in the world that every time Dan Campbell hits the podium and cries and calls out Goff, I'm like, this is my guy here. Like, I'm buying what they're bringing to the table. The Rams last week totally no-showed the game against the Giants and won by 27. Now they're home they've been excellent at home this year other than the I mean the Arizona game obviously they weren't excellent but other than the other two games they were phenomenal to start the season I just look at this spot where this Lions team whose offense is not clicking whatsoever I think will be able to do enough I think there's got to be a little bit of pride here from this team you guys can like I'm I'm selling myself again on a 16 and a half spot that I'm they're gonna get absolutely blasted, aren't they? I think I think they might just hang around though, Dolly. I think they really might. I really do. Like, give me some of the Goff props this week. Like I was looking through the touchdown scores. Like Stafford's five to one, Goff's eight to one. Yeah. Like revenge bots. Yeah. Can't they dial up their numbers on some quarterback
4: sneaks here? I don't know. That might be the they probably should go down and say, you know, ring the phone. Boop, 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 boop. Let's talk to David Cully. Hey, how do you try to stay? Hey, look, here's what you want to do. <laughs> Down three touchdowns, second half, establish that run, close strong in the game, maybe even a late field goal that gets you inside the number where we're down 19, which gets it to 16 here. It doesn't look good for these teams here, but this is the NFL week to week, and we did see the Detroit Lions put up a pretty good fight against the Baltimore Ravens at home, but this one's going on the road, and if you watch that game last week against a Bengals team, which is inferior to the Rams, they were horrendous, and I expect more horrendousness this weekend. A classic, though, by the way, explain-yourself
3: spot from the NFL here. Usually, like, it's always front-loaded 1 o'clock slates. How did they end up throwing all of the awful games at 425? I don't know. They're like, yeah, we'll do an even split this week. Here's all the double-digit favorites. And you mentioned David Cully. Arizona, 17 and a half. Going up against Davis Mills. My goodness. Arizona, 5 and 1 against the number the Texans though three and three uh, against 17 and a half Donnie this team is 10 to 1 to win an NFL game they're an NFL team I don't even know what I'm looking at here against Arizona right now
4: yeah, when you see those time capsules in the NFL, right, or, or you know, throughout, you in fifth or sixth grade, like, hey, let's put the time capsule in the ground. We're going to open it up in 10 years, and we're going to see the magazines and the tickets and pictures of your classmates. We'll get a good chuckle. If the NFL put this week in a time capsule and buried it, and they say, well, who are these football teams, and what is going on here in your league where these teams can't move the football? Is it 1942? Because we just talked about Detroit and how we laughed. We talked about Chicago and how we laughed. Did you watch the Houston Texans' performance on offense last week? It was hilarious. It's even so hilarious that we spent way more seg too many segments talking about Houston and saying, Am I getting this straight here? Is this a scrimmage where you just say there's no score and there's no time on the clock right now and we just need to practice our running game because there was no urgency whatsoever the Texans other than saying like Forget about the clock of the game of the scoreboard. They're looking at the calendar and the actual clock in the building. Ah, It's 1 o'clock. Oh, it's one thirty. It's 2 o'clock. Ah, and another half hour. We'll be out of here, guys. Just hang on. 15 <laughs> minutes left. All right, let's go home and fly home here. That's what the Houston Texans are doing right now. They're going to get blown out in this football game, of course. In two of their last
3: three games, they've combined to put up three points. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? 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 Oh. Are you kidding me? Send this man back to Stanford. Send David Cully back to the Baltimore Ravens coaching staff. What is this group? Tyrod Taylor is my MVP six weeks into the season, man. Oh, my goodness. We'll be right back. Back right here on the early line. Still a couple of games to get to before we get to our pick six. We were just talking Cardinals, Texans. I just wanted to mention... In terms of that game, which I know a lot of people, I'm sure, aren't desperate to get to the window on, I do think the Kyler Murray minus 105 price as an anytime touchdown score is a very legitimate look there. He scored a touchdown in the first three games of the season, now hasn't been into the end zone the last three. At home, countless opportunities. I think Kyler Murray at minus 105 is a very, very good look for an anytime touchdown score. Moving from that NFC West team to another playing home here is the Niners off of their bye. Against the Indianapolis Colts, Donnie. And this is big for a number of reasons. Colts trying to right the ship here. Still battling some through the difficult parts of the schedule. We've really gotten, you know, the first two games, Monday Night Football as well. But specifically, the Niners as a home team off a bye. I think you're going to want to see people back that group. Also, from what I saw, Donnie, supposed to be very bad weather. Perhaps a big part of the reason why this total checks in at 44.
4: Yeah, and also the total is going to be dropping too because where's the offensive firepower on both sides here? And also you take a look at the Colts. Maybe it's just one of those years, Kevin, where you just stay injured the whole year. They lose their starting safety to an Achilles injury on like the last play of practice. You lose Paris Campbell last week in the game after a big touchdown throw by Carson Wentz. And also, let's remember at the end of the game, oh yeah, we finally got T.Y. Hilton back. It's going to be great for the season. He damages his quad and he's 50-50. So now you're down two starting receivers, the back end of your secondary playing a team coming off a bye, and you're going on the road. I don't know. Which one's going to have to throw for 350-plus yards to keep them in this game? Just one of those hard luck years for the Indianapolis Colts. But taking a look from a San Francisco perspective, I need to see something here. And what am I getting out of their quarterbacks? You know, Trey Lance, banged up knee injury. You got Jimmy Garoppolo coming off the you know calf injury. So, so now you, you look and say, well, usually they can run. You know, you had the Tevin Coleman's in the past, Raheem Mostert. They're not there either. So I think this under makes a lot of sense here, Kevin, just from a perspective for myself. If you're not getting explosive plays in football, that mm. means you're going to be chewing up the clock and field goals are going to be a big part of that as well. So I think the under is certainly in play for the Colts. Do I think the Colts can win? Yeah. Do I think San Francisco can win? Yes, I do. Obviously, but more likely to me is both of these offenses being a little bit stagnant here. I'll lean towards the over in this game.
3: I, I think the the interesting spot is, of course, the weather, but also the the quarterback situation for the Niners. Like they have Garoppolo props posted. I'm not. Yeah. I don't think he gets benched during the game because Trey Lance didn't look amazing, but. I mean, injury certainly doesn't always seem far away when you talk about a Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. I think it's fair to label him an injury-prone player, unfortunately, for the San Francisco 49ers. I, I think the-, the home team off a buy thing is, again, people mm-hmm. will want to get to the window on it. I'd like to beef up the sample size a little bit more. We've got a lot of season left to that. We've got a lot of teams on by this week, and we can see how maybe the two teams off by this week perform. I also just wanted to mention Jonathan Taylor, though, Donnie. Yeah. You know, Taylor's really interesting. His workload, I feel like, maybe isn't where it should be in some ways. Yeah. There, like he only had 14 carries against the Texans in a game that they dominated, pillar to post. Why he only and he had got 15 late against Baltimore? Absolutely, like, I. I like I feel like Jonathan Taylor should be getting a little bit closer to maybe 20 carries a game for an Indianapolis team this year because I'd like to back his yardage props, but I feel like I need him to bust massive runs. Like The only reason you cashed overs on Taylor yep. against the Texans is because he broke an 83-yard run in the second yep. half of that game.
4: No, exactly. And he got a lot of those carries late in the game, also. They were just trying to salt away the clock, picked up an extra four to five rushes. Keep in mind, you do bring up a good point here, Kevin, because I love to take a look at the weather rainy conditions and windy conditions. So if you're going to have rain throughout the most of the night out there in uh, the, San, the San Francisco area, you're also going to have windy conditions, two non explosive offenses. So I think you bring up a good point looking at the rushing props on the ground. So if you take a look at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Jonathan Taylor is 64 and a half, which seems legitimate here. You know what I'm actually waiting for here, Kevin? a Carson Wentz rushing prop in this game because if you Mm. had bad weather you know he likes to run you know he likes to dive forward you know he likes to take chances here if you can get him somewhere in that range in the low teens that might be more worthwhile than taking Jonathan Taylor 64 and a half because if he's dropping back to pass against a good pass rush that San Francisco has and you're struggling to move the football a lot of the times the quarterback puts the onus on himself to move the chains that might be what I'm looking for a little bit later on this weekend
3: Yeah, it's going to be a really, really good game to follow. I'm excited for the game, though. Like, I don't know, like, if I'll be lined up on a number of wagers, but Colts Niners, like, I'm into that game. Love the uniforms overall. I'm excited for Sunday night football. New York two-step here, Donnie, before we get to the pick six. We'll start with the home Giants as three-point dogs against the Carolina Panthers. The total is a 43. I look at this spot here. Giants are starting to now play, you know, some higher-scoring football games. Depending when you got the number, you were able to sneak out an under last week there. If you got it on Friday, lost the pick six total, committee wouldn't give me any help there. If you bet it on Sunday, you won the under in that game. But the Dallas game, super high scoring. The Saints game found a way to get there. Carolina played a bizarre game against Minnesota. These are two teams that I, I don't think are all that great. But I'm not really desperate to lay numbers with Carolina on the road. But does that
4: mean I have to back Daniel Jones at home? Yeah, you're looking at backing Daniel Jones at home without any weapons again. That's always the tough part to have because Daniel Jones has shown if he has a lot of weapons around him, he's an athletic quarterback, he can have some good games, he can make boneheaded decisions and also fumble the football a lot in the pocket, which we've seen him. But also, are we playing a little bit too much here for the Giants? How the defense really stinks? Well... Let me tell you something, people. A lot of defenses stink when you play the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Rams. You're not getting either one of those teams when you come to town here with the Carolina Panthers and Sam Darnold, who's really been struggling outside of you know, a couple game, good games early where it looks like he was going to lead the league in rushing over Derrick Henry. Obviously, we know that's not going to be the case. But no Christian McCaffrey coming in this game. But you know, the focus, again, on the Giants – Kadarius Tony probably not going to play this weekend. We'll see if some of their banged-up wideouts come back. We know already Saquon Barkley's not going to be out here. The offensive line is bad. You actually have a decent defense here for Carolina coming to town. So if we're looking overall, 43-and-a-half is a really low number, but it actually plays out in this game. I don't like the Giants' defense, but is that one of the offensive teams like the Carolina Panthers that can exploit that? Because Dallas can exploit that defense. You know, you take a look at the Rams mm-hmm. can exploit that defense. Is Carolina going to go aerial assault this weekend and say, hey, you know, you give up 7.7 yards per pass attempt, let's really get after it? I don't think so. I think they're going to lean on Chuba Hubbard in this game and another lower-scoring affair. Not a great offensive week here in the NFL, i got to say, Kevin.
3: That game from the New York side, I don't love. I'm actually quite interested though in Jets Pats, especially through some stuff that I've talked to you about during the week, Donnie, because this is a low total of 42 and a half. I think there's a world the Jets score here a little bit more than their team total suggests of 17. The Pats have now allowed three of their last four opponents to get over their respective team totals, and all of the four of their last opponents have been able to get over 17 points scored. The Jets are off of a bye against a defense they have already scored. They've now scored 20 points in two consecutive games heading into the bye. I know that they only scored six. The NFL doesn't just run on repeat. Otherwise, they would give the pass to win, and they wouldn't risk the injury, and they wouldn't play this game. I think the Jets might be able to bring a little bit of juice to this game. And if I'm not mistaken, I know you think their opponent can as yeah. well.
4: I really do. And I zeroed in on this game early. And most people say, well, you just stay away from this game. These these two offenses, they're not going to do anything. Not so fast in this one here. And also, when you take a look at a rookie quarterback situation like the Jets have, when do you usually want to open the playbook a little bit more, Kevin? After a bye week, right? Hey, kid, you, you got your yeah. feet wet in the NFL. Let's take this week to decompress. Let's really load up. Remember when you struggled so much against the New England Patriots? Here's what they were doing. Here's what we're going to try to attack. And also keep in mind, your wide receivers are coming back healthier than what they've been over the first couple weeks of the season. More weapons. More weapons exposure you know more film work that should lead to more points here because i'm not impressed all that much by the new england defense overall but also take a look at the other side of the picture the offense with the new england patriots last two weeks kevin 25 points 29 points you know you're looking at a young quarterback throwing for about a 70 percent completion rate but also keep in mind do you remember the reports coming out of the past couple weeks like four out of five offensive linemen down for the new england patriots running back banged up here now you're looking at a practice report kevin looks like you can have all five starters back on the offensive line. All wide receivers healthy. A running back here in Damian Harris that's not even listed now on the injury report. This is a completely healthy offense at home against a bad defense. No reason to believe for me, Kevin, that the New England Patriots can't get into the mid-20s of this game. I love the team total for the New England Patriots this weekend. So if
3: Donnie likes the Pats team total, and I'm interested in the Jets team total... The over yep. can make some sense. And in fact, Get almost it. every week of the year, this would have been my alternate total of the week. I would have played the alt over. There's a different spot that I'm going with uh, already, but I really do believe over in this game makes some sense. I know, though, Donnie. speaking of the pick six, as we make the transition, this game is featured for you on your pick six. Start us off here. What are we looking at going into week seven?
4: Yeah, jumped right out at me here as we're taking a look at some of these player props that we have. Damian Harris, anytime touchdown scorer, plus 125, healthy offensive line, which I think the Patriots will win this game. So maybe he can salt it away late. First and goal at the one-yard line. He is going to get the football. I think that is a legitimate look here. Let's also go to the money line Dog, which I dropped in poor fashion last week. As I said, Kevin, it's better to lose by a lot than get beat by a late field goal. Like, <laughs> oh, I could have continued the streak. And if the people out there remember my home run streak – Certainly took a bump in the road and then came back strong the next week, and I expected here. The Miami Dolphins here, Kevin, on the money line, plus 112 to knock off the Atlanta Falcons. As we keep moving down the list, the Texans and the Cardinals as my under, which is 47-and-a-half, Arizona's going to score. Houston is not going to score. Boy, would I love it if this game ended 47 to nothing victory for the Cardinals. That would show how much I trusted that the defense would show up for the Cardinals and the offense Mm -hmm. for Houston would not show up. Alt line here. This is going to be a good one here because you're going to hear Kevin talk about a certain game in just a few moments. <laughs> another blowout lined up here. This is going to be a 20 Remember the other day in the NBA said this is going to be a 20-point game here that the Utah Jazz are going to win. They did that, won by 21. I think another 20-point blowout in this one. So I'm going to take the Rams alt-line minus 19.5 at a plus-130 price. And then if we flip it down to Patrick Mahomes, if I think we're going to get a 57.5 or higher game-time game time uh, uh, over or, or game time total. This guy, somebody's got to throw for yards. Patrick Mahomes will do that in this one. Tennessee is going to answer the bell. Patrick Mahomes will throw the football. As long as Tyreek Hill is healthy and gets to the starting gate, I'm going Mahomes. 323 and a half to the over for his passing prop. And how about this? The teaser, which me and Kevin have been absolutely mm-hmm. dominating this season on. I don't know if this will bring a smile to Kevin's face. The Packers will score against the worst defense in the NFL. They'll pick up the victory here. I'm going with my end of the teaser. Minus one and a half for the Packers, Kevin. Take it away. Your pick six here on a football Friday.
3: That is beautiful, beautiful stuff. Tag team teaser five and one yep. on this season. Yep. I'll go in reverse. As Donnie mentioned, it's very likely I blow this up for the people this week. I'm taking the Lions plus 22 and a half. Have a little respect now, Jared Goff come on now get competitive in this game here against your old team 22 and a half the back door has to be open the whole game long on that kind of a teaser spot favorite yardage prop this week pat mahomes over 19 and a half rushing yards four straight winners on that total i think he runs it against tennessee by the way plus 230 anytime touchdown on mahomes doesn't surprise me if he gets into the end zone my alt total goes to that game as well I said both teams are getting to 30. Money where my mouth is, over 60 and a half, plus 120. If this game does end 30-30 and I end up right and wrong, that would blow my mind. That's my alt line of the week. My under, Dolphins-Falcons. 2017, we had three teams play off of the London game. On average, the game's the next week less than 35 points per game. I like under in Dolphins-Falcons. Money line dog, I'm hot. Four in a row. This show is hot on Moneyline Dogs. I'm going back. Monday night football, home dog, Seattle Seahawks. Miles Sanders gets into the end zone at plus 130.
5: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
4: Last segment of the week here for the Early Line, right here on the Sports Grid Network with myself on the right side and Kevin Walls carrying you from 7 to 9 a.m. before we hand it off on a football Friday to the morning after and Ben Stevens, 9 to 12. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Now, last night, NBA, front and center stage. I mean, there was a football game on, right? We talked a lot of football today, as I like to say, on a football Friday. Laughed at a couple teams' offenses. But the one thing you can't laugh at in the NBA is the three-point shooting of Steph Curry. He was absolutely sensational last night once again. The 2-0 Golden State Warriors, after taking down both L.A. teams to open up the season, do have a small small bet in on the MVP to be Steph Curry. So we're talking about three-pointers going down, how beautiful it is to watch. Unbelievable artistry from Steph Curry. Let's flip it over here. Ben Simmons, not great artistry from three-point range. Not willing to take any three-point shots. And now for the Philadelphia 76ers, not even willing to practice or show up at the facility. I want to be traded, says Ben Simmons. So the Philadelphia 76ers opened up on opening night with an easy victory over the New Orleans Pelicans. Home tonight at the Wells Fargo Center to take on the Brooklyn Nets. Ben Simmons probably won't be around. Why? Ouch. My back flared up a little bit on me. Won't be able to practice, coach. Is that okay if I sit this one out? And then you see the GM of the Philadelphia 76ers take to the airwaves, Daryl Morey, says, buckle up your seatbelts here, folks. This might take a while. We're not going to trade Ben Simmons to get some first-round draft picks and some bench players. We are only trading Ben Simmons if we get back a legitimate starter that can help Joel Embiid, while he's in his prime, possibly take down an NBA championship. This is not going to end anytime soon, and it's going to get ugly. Just a few years previous, maybe about a decade ago, Terrell Owens doing sit-ups in his driveway when he was thrown out of Eagles training camp. Now, this probably isn't going to get to that level, but it is going to be wild to watch over the next few weeks what the decision is going to be on Ben Simmons to show up, to not show up, to get paid or not get paid keep an eye on this situation in Philadelphia. But you know what else you want to keep an eye on the morning after with Ben Stevens, right here on the sports grid network from nine to 12. As for the early line, we're out of here. Good luck over the weekend. We'll see you Monday.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh-